topic tonight from Isaiah chapter 34 and 24. Both these chapters are very similar and continue with this theme of Isaiah in that day, the last day events. Uh, Isaiah time, describes a time of the earth being desolate. Revelation does the same thing uh, in other books of the Bible. Uh, references, Jeremiah does as well. Uh, in, in Revelation, it's referred to a thousand years or, or a term for that. And we come up with is the millennium, and we'll see how this fits in perfectly with the time sequence. Starting in verse 1, Isaiah it's chapter 34, verse 1, Come near, you nations, to hear and heed, you people. Let the earth hear, and all that is in it, the world and all things that come forth from it. For the indignation of the Lord is against all nations, and his fury against all their armies. He has utterly destroyed them, he has given them over to the slaughter. And that sounds pretty worldwide to me, right? Nations, earth, world, everything in it, all things that come from it, against all nations, all their armies, right? God utterly destroys them. Right? So judgment day comes, the ultimate final Yom Kippur comes, God judges. He was righteous will be righteous still. He that will be unrighteous will be unrighteous still. God's judgment, the doors are shut, the doors are closed. The Lord comes with that last trumpet sound, that great trumpet, that last shofar, the, the trumpet of God, the shofar of God. The Lord comes and returns, and this is what he does to all the enemies. As we've seen several times through Isaiah, uh, he'll, the, 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 they've been persecuting us, they've been insulting us, and, and, and talking badly about us, and stealing from us and robbing us, and God then says, and he puts all of that on our enemies. And this is where we go through this time of trouble, and then he comes and he destroys them. And not only destroys them, he utterly destroys them and gives them over to the slaughter. So it'll seem like, as it always has in the past, it'll seem like they've gained the upper hand. Haman, it seemed like he had, I mean, he had the decree, the decree went to all the the nations that were under um, Medo-Persia at that time, and it was a said thing, it was a done deal, they're going to be wiped out, but God then stepped in at the last moment. Right? The Egyptian army is coming down on us, here we are trapped between a, a rock and a, and a sea, and uh, literally, and, and God steps in. Right? Um, God steps in at the last moment, over and over and over again. And so he steps in, we go through this time, Wait patiently upon him. We've seen that over and over again in Isaiah. And we waited for you. We waited you. God comes through after that waiting period. And he utterly destroys them. And they are given over to God's slaughter. Verse 3. Their slain shall be thrown out. Their stench shall rise from their corpses. Well, that's interesting. We'll come back to that. And the mountains shall be melted with their blood. And all the host of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heavens shall be rolled up like a scroll. All their hosts shall fall down as the leaf falls from the vine and as the fruit falling from a fig tree. So here we have some texts that are quoted uh, in Revelation and, and in Matthew, Matthew 24. All the, the heavens shall be dissolved and heavens rolled up like a scroll. Uh, in 2 Peter, he talks about uh, the earth being dissolved and with fervent heat. Uh, melting under that, and the elements dissolving. But the slain of the shall be 
thrown out. Their stench shall rise from their corpses. Why aren't they buried? There's all these dead people. Why aren't they buried? There's another text that tells us in Jeremiah that the, that the dead are not buried. That they lay on the face of the earth from one end of the earth to the other. There's nobody left. The wicked are all destroyed, utterly destroyed, all their armies, all the nations, and the righteous are taken to heaven. There's no one left. And so their stench rises from their corpses. The mountains shall be melted with their blood. It's like blood running in the streets, blood running from everywhere, from the mountains everywhere. Corpses of all the evil, right? Wide is the way that leads to destruction. Many there be that go that way. Narrow and straight is the way that leads to heaven. And few there be that follow it. Verse 5, my sword shall be bathed in heaven. It shall come down on Edom, the people of my curse, for judgment. There we have the judgment theme still. The sword of the Lord is filled with blood, overflowing with fatness, with the blood of lambs and goats. For the Lord has a sacrifice in Bozerah and a great slaughter in the land of Edom. His sword filled with blood, again, an analogy of Revelation Revelation picks up this analogy. The, chapter 14 of thrusting in the sickle and the blood rising all the way up to the horse's bridle. Great slaughter of the Lord. The wild, verse 7, the wild oxen shall come down with them and the young bulls with the mighty bulls and their land shall be soaked with blood and their dust saturated with fatness. For it is the day of the Lord's vengeance. The year of the Lord's recompense for the cause of Zion. So they've been persecuting Zion, they've been persecuting God's people, they've been persecuting the children of Zion, and God steps in to give them their payback. God steps in again at the last moment to work his recompense, to defend his people, to come to save us, and to deal his blow against them. The day of the Lord's vengeance. Vengeance is the Lord's, is mine, saith the Lord. He comes and he does his vengeance. Verse 9, same chapter, 34. Its stream shall be turned into pitch, and its dust into brimstone. Its land shall become burning pitch. The elements will melt with fervent heat, and the earth and all that is therein will be dissolved. Right, so the whole earth becomes a ball of fire. I believe in global warming. <laughs> this is biblical proportion global warming. <laughs> right, the whole earth burns up, right? The rivers turn to pitch, the dust into brimstones. I mean, just everything just, just becomes um, on fire. Just lit up. The whole land becomes a burning pitch of flame. Right, the Bible, God destroyed the earth once with water. Next time he will destroy the whole earth with fire. And it'll need that to destroy all the garbage we have. We you see as it just starts to burn like Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what it, the Bible predicts, like Sodom and Gomorrah will destroy. Fire coming down from God out of heaven. And once it starts hitting the stuff down here, 
hey, all the oil factories and all the plants and all the, the nuclear bombs, and they just start exploding, right? Like, a, it like one firecracker in a, in, a, in a firecracker store where it just sets off the chain reaction. This whole earth will blow itself up. They don't need to do that to get rid of all the garbage we've piled up here. Right? All the tires and rusty cars and plastic bottles and the seed, everything is just a mess. We polluted this earth. God will destroy those, Revelation says, that destroy the earth. They're destroying it, and he's going to destroy it. He's got to melt it all. Concrete, concrete buildings, and this non-biodegradable stuff that we have all this. He's got to get rid of it all. He can't bury it. He's not going to ship it out to space. He's not going to bury it in the ocean. What's he going to do with that? He's going to make a new heavens and new earth. So what's he going to do to this old one? He's got to melt it all down. Got to turn it into ashes. That's what Malachi tells us, to become ashes under the soles of our feet. Ezekiel says the devil himself will become ashes. Melt it all down, burn it all up, destroy it all. The fiery pitch and brimstone. And that's the sequence. After Yom Kippur, he takes us to heaven. The wicked are destroyed. While we're in heaven, earth is burning up becoming ashes so that God can recreate it. It shall not be quenched night or day. Its smoke shall ascend into the... Uh, the smoke shall ascend forever. From generation to generation it shall lie waste. No one shall pass through it forever and ever. Now forever and ever, of course, is until God creates a new heavens and a new earth, which will be the same land mass, but it will not be the same place. So it'll be a new heavens and a new earth. And the old one, as it is, will never be passed through forever and ever. This fire will not be quenched. Does that mean it'll never go out? No, it just means that it'll never be put out. Right, when does a fire go out? I got a match here. Let's try this. Yeah. You see that smoke still up there, right? See how that works. I should have tried that beforehand. Right, so I'm not going to quench it. I'm not going to put it out. Right? You quench something, you stop it. Right? You put it out. You quenched the talk. Right? You quenched it. Probably ruining that glass there too. But. All right. So it'll keep on burning, and it'll keep on burning. I'm not going to blow on it. I'm not going to quench it. How long it take? But eventually, it will go out on its own with a puff of smoke, probably. And the smoke will ascend forever and ever. Right? If, if you start a smoke here and it goes off, it'll just keep on floating, right? That smoke from that flame will just continue to ascend forever and ever. Doesn't mean you need to continue to stoke, stoke the flame for it to continue to put off smoke. 
but the smoke that's coming from that flame right now will just continue to dissipate forever. And so God will destroy it, and the result of his destruction of this earth will be eternal, will be forever. Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty and makes it waste, distorts its surface and scatters abroad its inhabitants. Again, he destroys them, the wicked, the corpses all over the earth. He makes the earth empty. The surface is a wasteland. Right? The devil is chained up. Revelation describes the thousand years. But the devil is chained and bound. Nothing to do. It's a wasteland. The whole earth is distorted from the Lord's judgment upon it. Oh, we're in chapter 24 now. Right? So that was all chapter 34. Uh, and we saw a very clear one text after another. Him destroying it, God destroying the earth. Now chapter 24, the whole chapter is going to do the same thing. Two whole chapters just in the book of Isaiah. Then we can look in 2 Peter and Revelation and, and Jeremiah, other descriptions similarly. Matthew, Luke, the Lord makes the earth empty, makes it a waste, distorts its surface. So just like he mentioned in chapter 34. It shall be as with the people, so with the Kohen, as with the servant, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the lender, so with the borrower, as with the creditor, so with the debtor. What is he saying with all that? Everybody, yeah. He could have kept going, right? The mother, the father, yeah, I mean, he could have kept going, right? In other words, everywhere, like in chapter 34, it said, all you nations and all the earth and all the world and all the land and all the armies. He's again saying everything is going to be laid waste and empty. Verse 3, the land shall be utter, entirely empty and utterly plundered, for the Lord has spoken his word. It's going to happen. The earth mourns and fades away. The world languishes and fades away. Fades away, you mentioned that twice. The haughty people of the earth languish. The wicked are destroyed. Verse 5, the earth is defiled under its inhabitants because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant. Therefore, the curse has devoured the earth, and those who dwell in it are desolate. Therefore, the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men are left. So those who are left are the righteous. He separates the sheep from the goats. He comes and he destroys the wicked. They are taken out. So those that are taken are the ones that are taken out, are destroyed, are burned, are desolate, are devoured, and the few that are left are the ones on the narrow path. And so the ones that are left, in a sense, left behind, are left and taken to heaven. They're left standing, right? So the wicked are taken out, and the righteous are left standing, and they're taken to heaven. Two groups. There's only going to be two groups. We saw that uh, Yom Kippur text. Only two groups. And throughout the Bible, two groups. So 
intensity of the pressure and of the persecutions will separate those that are truly following the Lord, no matter what, willing to go to jail, willing to be killed, no matter what, they're serving the Lord. And those that have just been going around along for the ride. There will only be two sides, those who are truly on the Lord's side and those who are against the Lord. And they will be defiling, they will be transgressing the laws of God, changing the ordinance. They're not denying the word of God. It doesn't become just atheists and God-fearers. You have a bunch that are on the bad side that are claiming to follow God, but have changed his ordinances. Not denying them, not just throw it away, but changing them and broken the everlasting covenant. There's the two sides. And God will destroy the wicked, and the righteous are taken to heaven. We'll see this come up again. Another verse here. In verse 7, the new wine fails, the vine languishes, all the merry-hearted sigh, the mirth of the tambourine ceases, the noise of the jubilant ends, the joy of the harp ceases, they shall not drink wine with the strong, the strong drink is bitter to those who drink it. In other words, they're all gone. There's no more feasting. You had your feasting and no more feasting. We read that in Yom Kippur. He says, when I called for fasting and repentance, you were feasting and joying. He says, well, that's going to end. Verse 10, the city of confusion, Revelation refers to that as Babylon, Babylon the great, fallen is fallen. Here it just says the city of confusion is broken down. Every house is shut up so that none may go in. In the city of desolation is, is left and the gate is stricken with destruction. A lot of text. Two whole chapters describing this destruction. But it's amazing, most End time theology doesn't have a time when the earth is desolate, when the earth is destroyed. Here are tons of texts saying it's going to be destroyed. Where does that fit in? It fits in perfectly. When the Lord comes, destroys the wicked, takes us to the new Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem. Those are the mansions. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I go to my father's house, that where I am, you will be also. He comes to take us to his father's house, the new Jerusalem, to the mansions that he's preparing. And then at a later time, he'll bring us back with that. And that's at the end of this desolate time. Jeremiah says that the earth would be, or the land of Israel was going to be desolate for 70 years because we did not let the earth have its 70 sabbatical rest. 490 years, we did not let it have its sabbatical rest. And so it was going to that we were going to be taken to Babylon for 70 years. And we did. And so similarly, this earth is about 6,000 years old with occupation of, of humans since God created Adam and Eve. The earth was here a lot longer than that, but as far as human occupation of it. And so then he gives 1,000 years a sabbatical rest because we did not give the earth its sabbatical rest, so God will give it its sabbatical rest. He lay desolate. The gates stricken with destruction. Verse 13, still in chapter 24. When it shall be, when it shall be thus in the midst of the land among the people, it shall be like the shaking of an olive tree, like the gleaning of the grapes when the vintage is done. They shall lift up their voice, they shall sing, 
for the majesty of the Lord, they shall cry aloud from the sea. Who's this that's doing this crying? Who's crying aloud? Who's doing this singing? The saved ones. And what are they described as? A few vintage grapes after the gleaning, a few olive, uh, olives left on a tree after it's been shaken. And so that same analogy again last week of an olive tree being shaken and only a few olives left, two, maybe five per branch, it said. So we have here again the remnant, the few that are left after the shaking. Right? God is going to allow this earth to be shaken up. We're going to be shaken to our core. Now we've discussed the, 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 ten, the parable of the ten virgins. All ten waiting for the bridegroom to come. That's not everybody. That's just the ten that are waiting. Right? So there's a whole mass that are, don't even care about the bridegroom. But there's ten that are making themselves right. They're virgins. They're waiting all ten fall asleep. We're all asleep. We're all going to be shaken. Even if you think you're awake, then you're really asleep. We're all going to be shaken, fall asleep. And then the announcement, the bridegroom cometh. Rosh Hashanah, the shofars are sounding. He's coming, he's coming. They all awake, ten awake. Only five had enough oil, extra oil, brought with them light and to go in to the feast with the bridegroom. The other five go rushing to try and find some more oil. And while they're looking, the door is shut. They come banging on the door, let us in, let us in. Too late. The door of judgment has been shut and cannot be opened. We're all sleeping. It's going to be a shaking. Even among the ten that are looking for him. Have that extra oil now. Be filled with the oil now. And then as God sees us through that time of trouble, as he sees us such as the world has never seen, nor ever shall be, takes us through that shaking. We're holding on to that olive tree. We're holding on to the Lord, grafted into his root, the root of David, the Messiah. When he comes, we will lift up our voice and sing. For the majesty of the Lord, they shall cry aloud from the sea. We'll praise him. And so he described the wicked being destroyed, destroyed, destroyed. Few are left. Here are these few, and they see the Lord. Lo, we have waited for you. He has come to save us. He is our God. We'll sing his praises. You can only imagine. Therefore, glorify the Lord in the dawning light, the name of the Lord God of Israel in the coastlands of the sea. Glorify him now. Not just with words, but glorify him with our lives. Let him transform us. Allow his spirit to live through us. And let people see him living in us and out of us. May his glory be revealed. May his glory shine forth. Glorify the Lord in the dawning light. Glorify him through the darkness of the night. Glorify him in the brightness of the morning. Glorify him now, in the beginning of the day. And work while it is day, because the night is coming when no one will be able to work. Verse 17, fear and the pit and the snare are upon you. So now he's talking about the wicked again. O inhabitants of the earth. He who flees from the noise of the fear shall fall into a pit, 
and he who comes from the midst of the pit shall be caught in the snare. For the windows from the high on high are open, and the foundations of the earth are shaken. They will run, they will cry, rocks and hills fall on us and hide us from the face of the Lamb. But the Lord will come and destroy them. And as they run away, they run for fear, they'll fall into a pit. And the one who survives falling into the pit, he'll get taken by the, uh, caught in the snare. There's no escaping it for the wicked. The only way to escape the judgment at that time will be through repentance now, through confession now, through transformed hearts now. Now is the time to receive the Lord. Now is the time to receive his spirit. Now is the time to accept him. Now is the time to live for him. Now is the time to tell others. Now is the time to bring others with us. Now is the time to be ready, to get ready, and to stay ready. The earth is violently broken. The earth is split open. The earth is shaken exceedingly. The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard and shall totter like a hut. Its transgression shall be heavy upon it, and it will fall and not rise again. This earth and all its inhabitants will be destroyed. Popular teaching on the millennium is the Lord comes and we hang out with him for a thousand years. We go to Taco Bell with him and, and uh, you know, go to the beach with him, and we hang out here. And it all becomes a nice place for a thousand years. And then at the end of the thousand years, a bad thing happens and then it all gets good again. That's not what it's saying here. He comes, he destroys the wicked, he destroys the earth. Taco Bell's going to be gone. It's all going to be gone. It's all going to be burned up. Your car is going to burn up. Your house is going to burn up. Well, your money's going to burn up. The bank is going to burn up. Even the vault is going to burn up. It's all going to burn up. It's all going to melt. You ever see them take down a building? I don't even take down a gas station. They've got to put up a drugstore or something. They just knock it down in a day. I watched them take down a bank one time. They took it down, boom, no problem at all. And there was this standing, this big block. It took them over a week to knock that thing down. The vault, right, the vault. God's got to destroy it all with fire. He's got to have fervent He's got to just destroy it all. He's got to waste it away so that there's nothing left. Over and over again, these two chapters, one verse after another, not just an isolated verse, one verse, he's going to destroy this earth and lay it desolate. And it will not rise again. Sin will not rise its head again. He destroyed once and for all. Verse 21, and it shall come to pass in that day, right? We looked at all these texts, in that day, in that day, last days, in that day of God's final judgment that the Lord will punish on the high the host of the exalted ones, those who lift themselves up, and on the earth, the kings of the earth, they will be gathered together as prisoners are gathered together in a pit and will be shut up in the prison and after many days, they will be punished. I said we'll revisit that in another text. This is the, that other text. All right, so they're gathered together. All the wicked are gathered. They're all destroyed. They're gathered together into this prison, into this pit. 
Satan is bound to this pit. He's bound into this bottomless pit, into this abyss. The earth becomes the abyss again. It becomes without form and void all over again. And they're bound up and shut up in this prison of death, this empty earth. But after many days, they will be punished. So that's not their final punishment. How many days is these many days after many days? That's the thousand years. Right. Doesn't say it explicitly here, but Revelation specifically says that they will be raised, the dead will be raised, and they will receive their second death. Well, in order to have a second death, what you have to have first? A first death, right. So they die, they're all destroyed, they all die at his coming, they're put into this prison, and then they have their final death after many days, then they are finally punished. So the first judgment, the first come, when he comes, is not their final punishment. They die, and we are taken to heaven. And in heaven, in, in 1 Corinthians 5, it says, that we will judge even the angels. Says, no, you, uh, can't you judge in things on earth? Know you not that you will judge angels. So we will be in heaven, going over the judgment with God. Why is so-and-so here? Why isn't so-and-so here? God will show us why. Well, you were right. And at the end, you'll be able to come. Basically, he's given the wicked, just like our court systems today. Right? A person is found uh, guilty of, of, of a crime, and he gets an appeal. And so God gives them an appeal. And so they take their appeal to the righteous, and the righteous look over the records and go, God, you were right. And then he's able to come and enact the final punishment. So after many days, then they will be punished. The Lord will come with the new Jerusalem, John says, I saw the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. It comes and it lands on the earth. And then the wicked are raised, dead and uh, they, they are raised their second life in order to receive their second death. And Revelation tells us exactly what they do with that second life. They charge on the city and try to take it over, try to destroy it. From one end of the earth to the other. They charge on the city, and then the Bible says, and fire comes down from heaven and destroys them. And that's when they are finally punished with their second death. The earth becomes a lake of fire again. They burn up and are destroyed. And out of the ashes, God creates the new heaven and the new earth. The moon will be disgraced and the sun ashamed. For the Lord of hosts will reign on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his elders gloriously. Why is the moon disgraced and the sun ashamed? The glory of the Lord outshines them sevenfold. <laughs> the Bible says, right? The glory of the Lord, right? There'll be no need of the sun. There'll be no need of the moon. It'll, they'll still be out there, but we won't even see them. It's like trying to see the moon in, not in the daytime. Trying to see the sun, the stars in the daytime. The sun outshines them. Well, the sun will still be out there, but God's glory on the earth will outshine them, and it'll be so bright on the earth. As again, the Bible says, seven times brighter than the sun, it'll outshine them. 
and thus they'll be disgraced. They'll be ashamed because God's glory will be brighter than ever before. And we'll bask in that brightness and God will create the new heavens and the new earth right here after this ball of fire. The flame is still going there, but eventually it's going to go out. <laughs> I'm not going to quench it, but eventually it'll go out and the smoke that's emanating from it now will continue to dissipate. No more will be added to it, but the ones that are leaving right now will continue to dissipate forever. God will destroy it. The earth will burn up till it's all burned, till it's all ashes. And out of those ashes, out of that fertilizer, God will create a beautiful new heavens and new earth, which will never be destroyed. For sin will not raise its head again. For the tree of life will be there. And most importantly, the life giver will be there. The ultimate tree of life. And we will partake of it with him. And the river of life will flow from his throne. And we'll partake of that as well. There'll be no more goodbyes. Life and joy evermore. We'll have a city home, and we'll have a country home. We'll have a home in the New Jerusalem, the Bible says, and it says we will dwell in the woods as well. We'll have a sukkah. Right? We'll have our own home. We'll have our own build. We'll build our own sukkah. We'll dwell in that sukkah, in God's glory, in God's light, and rejoice. Right, our own vine, our own fig tree. Right. We will build and no one will build for us. We'll get into all those texts as we continue on in Isaiah. Many texts on that. We're not going to be able to do that in just one week. He describes heaven over and over again so much. in the description. And even all of his description. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. We can only imagine what it's going to be like. But even with all it's described, the most important thing is God will be there. And his light will be so glorious. The same light that destroys the wicked to us is life. Enjoy the light now. Get used to the light of God's presence now. Now is the time. Be filled with his glory. Be filled with his spirit. And have so much of his spirit overflowing and filling up that we have the extra spirit, the extra oil to see us through the time. The trouble to see us into heaven be with him on Mount Zion, on his eternal Mount Zion, forever and ever, in the new Jerusalem, in the streets of gold, inside the gates of pearl. We'll be able to travel throughout the universe. And as Sukkot lasts seven days, God's glory and God's new heavens and new earth will last forever. Seven, meaning finished, complete, total, forever and ever. And that's worth holding on to. And that's worth looking forward to. Now's the time to get ready. Don't wait for some events. Events are happening every day, amazing events. I know big news again today. Things are changing every day, so much so, so rapidly. Uh, Tim was saying to me before, just a moment of dreamed of any of this, even five years ago, that it could get this bad this quick. 
has only just begun. <laughs> we haven't seen anything yet. But God will see us through and see us through to the end. And in the end, it'll be so much worth it. We'll look back and it'll just be like a speck of time. It'll be well worth it. All worth it. To be with the Lord for eternity. Face to face. And he'll have time for us. Not just for a quick selfie with the Lord, you know. <laughs> we'll be able to spend eternity with the Lord. It's amazing how many people are piling over each other, right? Just heard 800 people just got trampled this week, right? Trying to do some holy thing. We'll be able to spend eternity with the Lord. Right? Let me just touch over. If I could just be near him. We will be with the Lord. And he will have plenty of time for us. So as we prepare for that time, look forward to that time. May our hearts be right with him. May our theology be right. And so as we pray tonight, if you've had some confusion over the thousand years, the millennial time period, if this helped clear that up for you, ask the Lord to solidify it in your mind and make it plain and straight and clear. It's an important topic to understand last day events. It goes along with all the rest. Understanding God's character, God's character of love. But he lets us be the appeal court for our loved ones who won't be there, for all the inhabitants who won't be there. It's a very loving gesture of God. God is a God of love. And God's court system is certainly more just than ours here. And more righteous. And so thus, it allows for that. If you're not sure if your life is right with the Lord, there's still some sin on your record. Now is the time to get rid of it. Now is the time. Because there's nothing in us that would be ignited during the time of trouble. Nothing that Satan can hold against us. Nothing that can hold us down. Nothing that would hold us back. Now is the time in the dawning light to let God's glory shine. And shine through the dark period of this earth history. If you need that extra oil, if you don't have that extra oil, if, you don't have, if you're not filled with God's spirit, filled to overflowing with his love and love for others, burden for others, caring for others, Love for the Lord that puts him first in everything. Filled with the Holy Spirit to give you power and victory over sin. Power and victory over the addictions of this world and the habits of this world. Power and victory to walk in God's glory. Now is the time to ask. We'll pray in a minute. Ask the Lord to fill you with his spirit. To cleanse out anything that's keeping you from being filled. Cleanse out anything that's blocking. Make more room for the Holy Spirit by getting rid of sin. Ask him to fill you with his spirit to overflow. If you want to be in heaven forever with the Lord, ask him to seal you and sustain you and to hold you fast close to him. As we pray together. Our Lord and our God, King of the glory, thank you for laying out for us these last day events over these past several weeks we've been seeing. Thank you, Lord, for leading us through. Thank you for giving us a yearly cycle that reminds us of this. Thank you that we don't have to be caught off guard with the events that are going to take place. We don't have to be surprised. We don't have to be shocked. We don't have to be shaken. We can be steadfast and remain standing 
and stand firm with you. Lord, see us through and hold us in your arms and hold us fast to you. May your glory be revealed upon us and through us. Continue to convict us and reveal to us anything that's lacking in our lives, anything that's weighing us down, anything that would sink us under at that time. May we be free in you by your grace and by your power. Thank you for forgiving us and cleansing us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and give us power to live godly lives. Fill us with your mind and your heart with a love for you and a love for others. Live in us and through us. See us through to eternity. May we live with you forever and ever. In Yeshua's holy name, amen.